You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This week's episode is part of a four-part series for our Mental Health Awareness Month taking place in February, which will provide information on the many ways horses can help us heal. In this week's episode, Touched by a Horse owner, Melissa Pierce takes the reins to talk a little bit more about horses and their healing abilities. Melissa is a teacher, author, psychotherapist, and a pioneer in the field of human horse healing. Over the last three decades, she has helped and coached others in her private psychotherapy practice and partnership with horses. This partnership with horses led her to create the Equine Gestalt Coaching Method. This week's episode is brought to you by Touched by a Horse. Melissa Pierce developed the equine gestalt so there are two gestaltists present with the client, one human and one equine. Together they provide a therapeutic approach to deep process emotional healing through the experiential nature of gestalt work. Contrary to talk therapy, gestalt work and its sister modality, equine facilitation, offer some of the most efficient needs of human growth and personal development. Touched by a Horse offers two comprehensive programs where you can start your career with horses in the exciting field of horse and human healing. Our equine facilitator program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business hosting group experiences with horses. Specializing in work with business, clubs, and families, the Equine Gestaltist program prepares you to open your own private gestalt practice in partnership with horses for deep process and trauma recovery. All of the programs include the rich curriculum of both online and in-person classes, business growth training, and a supportive community of herd members to collaborate with and learn from. Visit touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. Now please enjoy this four-part series on horses and mental health. Hi everyone, this is Melissa, and I'm really glad you joined me. I'm very honored to, again this year, be the provider of mental health tips for Horse and Rider and for the Ride podcast. We looked at how horses heal us, and this year I want to look at what is mental health and how do we know if we have it and do our horses know if we have it. So a little different take on some of the topics this year. You know, when I was growing up, my family uh, was one where my brother, who is five years older than me, and myself had very differing ways of dealing with the fighting that my mom and dad did. They were passionate, professional people and highly articulate for both of them. And sadly, if their passions were turned in an opposite direction, they fought bitterly, loudly, long, and sometimes violently, certainly viciously. And so it was a very troubling atmosphere for my brother and I. My brother took it to the extent of just leaving. He'd hear the voices raised and he would leave the house and be gone for hours. To this day, I really don't know where he went, but he escaped in his own way. Uh, For me, my younger memories are trying to get in the middle of it, to make it better, to broker peace, to somehow get through to them, to somehow have it stop. And I was rarely successful at that. As I got a little older, I was allowed to go to the barn by myself and 
all of my girlfriends and I boarded at this crazy farm called El Rancho Neglecto is what we dubbed it. But we were a bunch of teenage girls from a variety of backgrounds. And thank goodness we had our horses. So I know for me personally, that was my escape. That was my safe place that my horse and her shoulder became my most trusted confidant. The secrets I told those horse, she took all the way to the other side of the veil and was always really there for me to be a great listener and to be a friend. But I also was a very observant young horse rider. And while I've shown at a world level and I've trained horses and I've bred hundreds of horses and I've had this big equine career, perhaps the most valuable things were the things they taught me about myself and about mental health. I became a psychotherapist, opened a private practice, was located at that time in Tempe, Arizona. And I, concurrent with my psychotherapy degree, became a gestaltist. So sometimes you hear that word and you think, what is that? I don't know what that is. So it is a German word, which stands for transforming or flowing into whole form, coming into our wholeness or our fullness of self. So I'll translate a little bit to the real world why that matters and how that really brings us to mental health. As a gestaltist, we go on the premise that awareness of ourself is where mental health resides. So if we want physical health, emotional health, mental health, and even physical health, and I'm going to say my spiritual health, that all of those are predicated on having full awareness of, for lack of a better word, my operating system in the world. I'm a human. I'm certainly not perfect. None of us are. But if I carry awareness of the different ways in which I reach for defending myself or I have a resistance to something or I have a part of me that shows up and does not serve me in certain situations, that all of the awareness of that actually leads to good mental health. And so clients of our practitioners of my modality and work really become aware of how they became who they are, what influenced us to become who we are, what we've done, what we've formed, and what we've created in ourselves to become who we are. Sadly, in our world, we know that there are people who decide to take their own life or people who decide to, sadly, use guns misappropriately towards somebody else and then on themselves. We know that these things occur in the world. And most of us ask ourselves, how has that person gotten there? How have they become that person that decides to go do damage both to someone else and to themselves. Are they crazy? Is that their mental health? Well, actually, when they're in that state, that mind state, what we've come to understand is often they've been bullied or they've been put down or they've had a, a number of ways in which they have been oppressed before, so they implode before they explode, right? And while it's uncomfortable to think about that, and there's certainly a lot of political diversity on 
you know, guns versus no guns. That's not what this is. I'm talking about how do you turn your mental health around from this dark place to a place of light? And awareness is a big key to that. If a person can feel, I am beginning to have thoughts that don't serve me, I'm relating to people who I care about in a way where I'm arguing with them. I feel like I have to defend myself when I go to the barn. I feel like others are judging me. All of that is our mental state. And the truth is the bottom line, right? Other people's opinions of us are none of our business. And that can help a great deal. There is something called a limiting belief, And I wanted to start this series of four things on something for all of us to think about and to look at in your own life. How do you become aware of your mental health? How do you become aware of doing better in your mental health? If you have felt down or depressed or out of sorts or lacking motivation or disgruntled with everything in the world, is that your mental health? It's probably at least your emotional health, right? Which affects our physical, which affects everything else, like a dominoes effect, I suppose. Well, part of that comes from how we see ourselves, how you look at yourself. Not always how others look at you, but how you secretly inside yourself believe about yourself. Are you enough? Are you lovable? Do people truly care about you? Do you feel secure in yourself? Do you hold yourself in high esteem? Do you set boundaries so that others treat us how we feel we're worth? Is that high enough? All of those parts have to do with knowing ourself and having an awareness of how you got there in the first place. So for most of my clients and most of the people that I've worked with over a very, very long career, I would tell you that it comes from something called limiting beliefs. So where do the limiting beliefs come from? Well, they come from a word called introject. So in Gestalt, what we've come to understand and see is that when a person who we hold in authority to ourselves says something to us and we are yet to know the truth of ourselves in that area, then we sort of swallow it whole and believe it. We take it at face value. I'll give you a few examples to make that more clear. A young child, a seven-year-old child, let's say, definitely holds their parent as the authority. The parent is where the food comes from, the roof over their head, their clothes, everything. They're the world. And so if a parent has a bad day and a bad temper combined, and that child spills the glass of milk on the dining table, and out of the parent's mouth comes, hey, we all make mistakes, let's clean it up together. Come on, let's go clean it up and we'll get you another glass of milk. Great. That was a parent on a not bad day with good parenting skills. However... Many of us can remember the not-so-perfect parent, right? The milk spills, creating chaos, and the parent says something, unfortunately, like, oh, my God, you're always so clumsy. How can you be such a clumsy kid? Now, 
that seven-year-old does not know if they're clumsy or not. They have no thing to push that against to say, oh, yeah, that's true. I am clumsy. Or no, I'm not. I do great on my roller skates. I'm not clumsy at all. I can do three twirls. They don't have that built yet in their inner system. So they say, oh, word to self, I'm clumsy. That's part of my identity for myself is I'm a clumsy person. My parent, who is my authority figure, told me so, and therefore I believe it. Okay, so that's one example of where introjects can happen when uh, older siblings say stuff to us, like you're always in the way, you're a little creep, you're always in the way. When you're young, you hold your older sibling as an authority over who you are. When they tell you who you are in a negative way, you may have been vulnerable to saying, oh, I'm in the way. That's who I am. I'm in the way. All those things get sort of planted like weed seeds in our brain. Now, it isn't only in childhood. This can be from uh, partnering with the wrong partner, and that person is a hurt person who hurts people, and so they've told you terrible things about yourself. And if you hold your partner in their opinion is higher of you than your own, then you can take that stuff in if they call you fat or whatever, whatever negative thing they throw at you. You will swallow that hole until you know the truth of yourself, which is awareness. How about a boss? Many people have worked in toxic workplaces with either a coworker or an employer that takes out their own stress on their employees. And that builds the employee who holds the owner of the company or their boss or their manager as an authority over them. If they say, you know what, you're just not getting it. You're not bright. I don't know who hired you, right? That can wound a person if they don't know that they are bright, they are capable. Maybe they didn't get enough instruction when they started the job. It has nothing to do with not being bright. If you've got that awareness of yourself, of who you are and the parts of who you are, then people say bad things to you. You definitely can blow them back. You can just let, let them go like water off a duck's back. If somebody, if you know you're capable and smart and somebody says you're just not very smart, you in your head can say, well, that's not true. They're having a bad day. You see it differently. But if your self-esteem is such that you buy into it, then that creates what we call these limiting beliefs. So, so what, Melissa? What are we doing with all this around mental health? And how can my horse help me with this? Well, horses don't hold limiting beliefs. Their brain operates differently from ours. Their brain accents different things for them in their basic survival and vibrationally how they interact with us, which we'll talk about in a different level of the podcast. But they are consistently non-judgmental. So they're one of the safest places emotionally that you can be. It's why when you go to the barn and you get filthy dirty yourself, but your horse is really clean, you're happy. You know, you, you spend all that time brushing, bathing and caring for your horse and you go home dirty, but you're happy because you've been in the presence of an animal that requires you to be in the present moment, 
that requires you to be at your best with them, that you're able to nurture and give to, that they are grateful and they're not judgmental. They don't say, you brushed me too fast today or gosh, you don't really brush deep enough. You know, that isn't their wheelhouse. It isn't where they come from. They come from my energy, my horse's energy coming together in a co-creative experience of something good. And they don't go deeper than that with us. They're happy, we're happy, right? So what do you do if you know that you have some of these introjects? Some of them fall under a category called unfinished business. You certainly can reach out to one of the practitioners I have around the world in Equine Gestalt that can help you directly with very punitive, deep introjects, such as if you grew up under some direct abuse. But what if you just know you got some of it from bullies at school, teachers that weren't kind, um, partners that you've partnered with that you had to get away from, normal life stuff where people have said things to you and maybe you didn't know the truth of you at the time. Well, one is to really stop yourself, take some deep breaths and spend some time truly looking at who are you? What do you know about yourself? What is the verifiable fact of you? Now, I got to say most horsemen who do well with horses, most horsemen that horses like, that they come over to and they like being around, one of the things is that the person is authentic that they say what they mean and mean what they say. Uh, horses will feel safe around people that are like that. So watch how your horses and your dogs and your cats are relating to you and notice what they're highlighting of you. Notice the good in you that they're highlighting. How about if I said to you, what are the top three words that someone would use to describe you, somebody who really liked you, your best friend in the world, what are the top three words that they would tell me about you? Would they say, ah, she's so honest. I love the fact that I can depend on her as a friend. She's very loyal. So that could be three things that you would say, these I know about myself. So if you know to the core of you that you're a loyal person and next week somebody that is a coworker and they say, I just can't stand your disloyalty to the brand, you can say mm, to yourself, you don't even have to enter the altercation. You say, that is not true. They're, that person's that's their stuff. They're having a tough day. I know myself. One of my strengths is being loyal. So honestly, Garnishing our awareness of self. If you truly look at yourself and you say, I'm a kind person, then breathe that in. Put that on your list, right? Now, we all have a brain that highlights the negative faster than the positive. It is sort of the way we're wired as human beings. Horses don't do that, by the way. So, when you're thinking, I know I'm a kind person, I'm a loyal person, I'm a smart person, whatever it is for you, and you're bringing this positive list in for awareness, maybe even writing them down or doing some watercolor of icons around it, whatever you want to do to 
anchor that for you, your brain will say, we're not always kind. How about the time you did this, right? Know that we all have those little troll voices inside of us. What we're looking for is not 100%. We're looking for, I am a kind person, not, hey, what about that one time when you were five years old and you deliberately stepped on that bug? That wasn't kind. Don't go there and <laughs> just say, you know what? I'm not asking you to point out everything in my world that I've ever done that is unkind. I'm going to honor myself today that I am a kind human being on this planet in which the world needs a lot more of those kind human beings on the planet. And I'm going to focus on my kindness, gathering the awareness of you, of yourself, of who you are, brings you closer to your own mental, emotional health. Now, when we do find places that we do not feel as strong or as whole as we would like to, or we have traumatic events in our past that interfere with this process, then I think we'd start looking at a little deeper truth. How, when you are in a not so good place, somebody says one of these things to you, pay attention to how you respond. Do you, in fact, take it in and let it eat at you and bring it in deeper as a, as a bad uh, internal limiting belief? Do you fire back in defensiveness? I am not and you are and start attacking somebody in a defensive manner. Do you allow the negative to harbor in your brain and bring you deeper down the bunny hole into a not good place of depression? Do you, in fact be in denial. Somebody says something, you're afraid it's the truth, but you won't look at it. You just push it away. Do you deflect positive things that are said to you? Somebody says, I love the way that you handle that horse. You're very graceful. And you say, oh, no, really, the grace is the horse is not mine. It's a thin line between humility and deflection, pushing kind, good things away. We all need to say good things to each other. We need to breathe them in when we receive them. We need to notice the good in each other, notice the good in the world, notice the good in nature, notice the good in our horses. Trust me, your horse does this all the time. Horses live in a more natural state of serenity. Not always when we're around them, but they do on their own. They're right in the present moment thinking, happy horsey thoughts more than anything else. So this is just a taste, just a beginning on what is mental health and how do we get there. If you happen to be struggling seriously with your mental health, if you're starting to have the dark, not so good thoughts and your shadow is speaking up, please reach out to a mental health practitioner. I know some people don't understand even what therapy is or mental health or coaching. However, it is important if you're going down there and you're really feeling like you're not feeling your mojo and you're having trouble getting back on the rails, reach out. You can go to touchbyhorse.com and find one of our practitioners, or there are many, many ways out there in the world to get good mental health services. For now, start making that list of ways in which you are special, in which you have strength things you know are true and valid about you that no one else could take away from you, even if they hit you with an insult around it, it's your solid core. That's important. And build upon those strengths to go into your mental health. And next time you're around your horse, 
listen carefully because they're telling you what's working. They're telling you what's good about you. And it may be the fact that you show up at that barn to see them and you show up to be with them, be in that present moment with them and allow them to move your energy and to help heal you. I'll see you again soon. Happy trails. Visit touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. Thank you for tuning in to the Rides Winning Insights mini-sode podcast. We hope you enjoyed this mini-sode. Please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow Horse and Rider on social media and at horseandrider.com to see all the cool things that we're up to. If you have any comments or questions, please be sure to hit us up at horseandrider at equinenetwork.com. We love to hear from you guys. And if you love what you're listening to, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes.